Our thanks to our patrons, Dan Hedrick, Troy Llewellyn, Carl Jackson, Kelsey Terrell, Richard Goode, Daniel Ammons, Sarah Rogers, Jim Collison, Joanne Ferguson Cavanaugh, Christine Gerber, Jay Hanna, and Lori Schwartz. The North Omaha History Podcast is a volunteer effort, but you can help us meet expenses by becoming a patron for as little as a dollar a month. Go to patreon.com slash Omaha. Welcome to the North Omaha History Podcast with noted author and historian Adam Fletcher Sassy. Each week, Adam takes you on a guided tour through Omaha's dynamic past. Imagine a warm summer evening at the turn of the last century. Look out on Carter Lake and see the lightning bugs flickering and listen to the cicadas roaring. Picture yourself strolling along a boardwalk wrapped along the edge of the lake, wearing fancy clothes and basking in the natural opulence. Walking by clubs and docks with sailboats bobbing in the darkness, you see the cottages and restaurants all crowding the edge. Then you see a brightly lit amusement park. So, Cortland Beach, that was quite the deal at the turn of the last century, eh, Adam? Oh, Steve, it was a heck of a place. And it's one of my favorite places to really kind of imagine what it looked like more than 120 years ago. You know, it all started way back in 1889. Cortland Beach was on the south side of Carter Lake, what we think of today as the city of Carter Lake, Iowa. But in 1889, it was seen as East Omaha. You got to remember, it was just a it was an island for a little while that was cut off from the Missouri River. And then it became the the end of Carter Lake filled in and Carter Lake became a lake in the 1870s. Well, in the 1880s, all of it started to become kind of this uh, natural wonderland where folks like to go and hang out and have a good time. Across the lake on the north side, there was a little area filled with cottages that was called Cottage City over by where the airport entrance is today. There were dozens of cottages over there, and those folks needed a place to hang out. Well, there were up at Florence Lake, which was just two miles north of Carter Lake. Florence Lake had a whole bunch of little road houses along the way. It was way out in the country, and there were country roads going to it. All of this was outside the city limits of Omaha. Well, folks really saw that as being an escape. They wanted to get away from the industrial hustle and bustle of downtown Omaha. you got to remember, we had the railroads puffing out, billowing smoke out by then. We had all of the Asarco plant that was cranking out lead and just jamming that down people's throat. Even in East Omaha there, about a mile or two away from Cortland Beach, there was the Carter Lead White Lead Paint Company. Uh, and they had gotten started by then. Folks really wanted an escape. They wanted to get away from that hustle and bustle. So along the edges of Carter Lake, they built up boardwalks. And these boardwalks were... Uh, lined with boats but this guy frank kent was his name he decided that carter lake needed more than just boats and boardwalks he took and built a beautiful gazebo sitting on the lake and then he built a massive pavilion right next to the lake and then he built a roller coaster and he put in boat houses 
and he built fine docks. And then Omaha's first Ferris wheel, permanent Ferris wheel, and a small carousel, they were all installed right there at Cortland Beach is what Frank Kent called it. And Cortland Beach became a wonderful summer land. It was the finest amusement park in all of the city. And it's funny, too, Steve, because folks don't remember it today. They don't have any recollection. Instead, they talk about Lake Manawan, how great that must have been. And they talk about Krug Park and how wonderful that must have been. But in reality, everybody loved escaping down to Cortland Beach. Cortland Beach offered opportunities for folks to build their own cottages down there, and they did especially after the first bridge to cross Carter Lake was finished. That bridge was it was a causeway that carried Locust Street from about 14th Street over into what we think of the city of Carter Lake today. But also the other big thing that happened right after Cortland Beach was opened is that the first bridge across the Missouri River in East Omaha was finished. And that bridge is still standing today, even though it hasn't been used in 30 or 40 years. It's the Illinois Central Bridge is what we know it of as today. But it was a fine bridge that carried both streetcar traffic as well as wagons and bicycles and pedestrians. So people would come from Iowa. They'd come from Omaha. They'd take the streetcar up 16th, which was then called Sherman Avenue, to Locust Street. And then they took another streetcar that went down Locust, and they'd hoof it up to Cortland Beach until this the – City Streetcar Company opened up a line that went right from Locust Street all the way up to Cortland Beach. It was only a mile, but they wanted that line in there. They called it the finest resort in all of Omaha. And it was covered with electric lights and all kinds of gorgeous external stuff. And just a super fancy place. There was a zoological garden at Cortland Beach. Steve, they had ostriches and zebras and bears. They had a gigantic five-story slide that people would play on and ride down as one of the amusements. They had they brought in special events all the time. The very first balloon race in Omaha was launched from Cortland Beach. Using that giant slide, they actually had bicycles that would launch down this five-story slide and shoot off the end. It was called Shooting the Wind, uh, and they would jump off that that giant slide. So it was a heck of a place. People would put on their finest clothes to spend the weekend there. They would go to their little cottage, or they would rent a room inside the pavilion and uh, stay there for the weekend and ride the rides and eat at the restaurants and have a good time. You know, just outside of Cortland Beach, they built the Omaha Auto Speedway as a race car track. Before there were cars. That's right. It was a race car track for wagons. The uh, 1889 or 1898 Trans Mississippi Expo was held just up the hill from Cortland Beach. So Cortland Beach was used as kind of a resort for the fancy people to go and relax away from the expo if they didn't want to go all the way home. So really grandiose plans were made for Carter Lake. They had ideas of filling every street with streetcars. There's this ridiculous plat map that shows rail lines going up every single street in Carter Lake. And the idea was that people wouldn't drive their wagons back there. Instead, they'd only take streetcars. In 1893, just a couple years after it opened, it was a really important year for Cortland Beach. Because in the largest real estate deal in Omaha history... A million dollars of land was sold 
in order to develop those East Omaha lines, uh, what we think of as Carter, the city of Carter Lake today, uh, including the streetcar to Cortland and Cortland Beach itself. So all of this land was for sale and just a really big deal. Uh, people people knew that that whole area would become something special. Uh, the double track line that eventually went along Locust Street was really important and super busy. But, you know, Cortland Beach knew that they had to keep growing and they had to keep developing. So in 1894, they put a 400 passenger steamboat on Carter Lake from Cortland Beach. People would get on the steamboat right there at the pavilion. Uh, they would walk down to the gazebo that was built onto the water and they would board the steamboat. So between the clubhouse or pavilion and the racetrack, they, there was also a sporting headquarters uh, that was built right by Cortland Beach. And people thought that, you know, the, the city of Carter Lake would become, uh, quote, American Monte Carlo. It really developed like that and became a little bit risque. But in the late 1890s, Cortland Beach had added a dance gazebo. It was big enough to hold 500 dancing couples. So this was not a small space. It was a three-story building with a pointy top, um, almost like we we would think of a teepee, that kind of a top shooting up into the sky. Uh, in addition to roller to dancing there, they also had roller skating in there. They also had free moving pictures. That's right. The, some of the first motion pictures in Omaha were offered right there at Cortland Beach. Uh, and eventually a movie theater was built in that area. But that was after the life of Cortland Beach. That's right. It all came to an end. But don't let me jump ahead of myself. Remember that we had our uh, the, the balloon races, which were rare in the beginning, eventually became nightly balloon excursions. And you could pay to ride the balloon over Omaha and see the city by night. There were evening lunches where professionals would come and enjoy an evening lunch in the pavilion that was catered by some of the city's best caterers. And folks really enjoyed their professional company. So attorneys and city government officials and uh, all kinds of business leaders, they would have these luncheons down there, whether it was for their social club or fraternity or even church men's groups, things like that. You got to remember in that era, Omaha was a very segregated place and not just racially, although it was very segregated racially. Blacks were not allowed to go to Cortland Beach. Uh, it just was that segregated. But in addition, Cortland Beach was also gender segregated. So women weren't allowed to sit in the same dining area as men in the Cortland Beach Pavilion. At the bathing area, what we think of swimming today, they called bathing back then. There were different swim houses for men and women. But then there were also different parts on the beach for men and women. So men would not mingle with women on the beach. Because of the uh, sexual overtones of the entire event. So you can see that uh, Cortland was a heck of a place. It had all kinds of uh, – the the racial segregation was evil. The gender segregation was bizarre. And a really unfortunate it's not calling it right. Uh, it was pretty heinous itself. But it was a growing place and a lot of different concerns took a lot of interest in it. So the Illinois Central Railroad had a concern not only in the bridge that crossed the Missouri River to head towards Cortland Beach, but they also ended up putting in the streetcar line along Locust. That's right. The Omaha City Streetcar Company uh, didn't want to build it, so Illinois Central did. They also took over the streetcar facilities that were there in terms of a, a roundhouse and a streetcar barn that were down in that area. The Illinois Central uh, Roundhouse actually ended up standing for the next 60 years after Cortland Beach was built. 
it was over by Carter Lake on the west side of the lake. In 1902, the Illinois Central Bridge was rebuilt as a double swing bridge, and it was the longest one in the world. So that added to kind of that grandeur of uh, Cortland Beach. You can see on my article at NorthOmahaHistory.com a map of what Cortland Beach looked like in terms of its facilities. But you'll notice that in addition to the pavilion and the dance hall, there was also a ladies club and a couple of other things, including a horse shed for all the horses that were ridden down uh, and the steamboat landing uh, that was with the gazebo right there on the lake itself. So when the crowd started to thin out a little bit around the turn of the century, after the Trans-Mississippi Exposition, they started holding a carnival and circus every summer, starting in 1903. There were 200 performers and a scenic pyrotechnic performance that was called A Night in Japan. So they were practicing this kind of oriental uh, racism and really highlighting that. But acrobats, a ballet, a high wire artist, and contortionists were featured, including uh, – and the whole thing included a beauty pageant, a congress of nations, and an Italian marching band. So you get the sense that they were really trying to hype up Cortland Beach and keep it to be spectacular and, fan- and fancy. You know, going along with the taste of the times, in 1903, they also booked a man named Herman Belstead, a uh, German, who was a very famous cornet virtuoso uh, for an indefinite stay and he ended up playing there for several summers in a row uh, the five flying Banvards was an acrobatic troupe from germany and they also spent a couple weeks at Cortland in that summer in the next one so you can see that all kinds of development uh, was still trying to happen there the omaha street railway company started offering special trips from south omaha up to Cortland, as well as the other suburbs around omaha florence benson dundee you could all you could get on with one transfer, but you could get down to Cortland Beach. They advertised in 15 minutes or less. So uh, people were trying. In 1904, the amusement park uh, had daredevils and all kinds of different acts that were trying to bring people down to the park. William Jennings Bryan spoke there in 1905. Uh, there were 5,000 people at Cortland Beach, and uh, a lot of folks were really enjoying it. But the, within the next year. The resort started to fall into hard times. Uh, John A. Creighton, the famous count uh, who ended up endowing Creighton University and Creighton Prep and a lot of other things in Omaha. He has a boulevard named after him in North Omaha. John A. Creighton ended up buying the entire facility, and he ran it at a loss. In 1906, uh, the entire thing was sold to the Omaha Rod and Gun Club. By changing hands, it changed looks, and things started to change. Uh, Things started to be different. Even after they installed the old scenic railway from the expo, they had gotten the scenic railway from the Trans-Mississippi Expo in 1898. They had to bring it from another city back to Omaha, and they installed that at Cortland Beach. Uh, It didn't work. Even with advertisements that said that Cortland Beach was the Coney Island of the West – and other advertisements that said it was Omaha's favorite resort, it didn't work. And so Cortland Beach ended up going to the Rod and Gun Club, and it changed. Now, the news is that the original pavilion from the 1890s ended up standing into the 1970s. It was renovated a bunch, and it didn't look nearly the same when it was finally burned down in the 1970s. But until that point, 
that was the only sign left of Cortland Beach. Today, there's nothing. There's no markers. There's no street names. All of the land around Cortland Beach has become housing. And just in the 1990s, they ended up wiping out the final uh, traces of Cortland Beach and filling up that land with new houses on Carter Lake. And, uh, yeah, no historical monument or anything. But that is a history of Cortland Beach. Not necessarily what happened to it later, which included the Omaha Rod and Gun Club as well as the famous Carter Lake Club. But that's another podcast for a different time. Thanks for listening to the North Omaha History Podcast with noted author and historian Adam Fletcher Sassy. Join us next week as Adam takes you on another guided tour through Omaha's dynamic past. <laughs>